everybody. Welcome to episode 91 of Vague Zone. I am Daniel. I'm Thomas. And today we are discussing 1999's Muppets from Space, directed by Tim Hill. Before we get into the discussion, Thomas, will you read for us the IMDb synopsis? Of course. All right. Muppets from Space, 1999, rated G. Gonzo is contacted by his alien family through his breakfast cereal, but when the men in black kidnap him, it's up to Kermit and the gang to rescue Gonzo and help him reunite with his long-lost family. I like that synopsis. Cool. Um, Sorry if you hear some weird noises in the background. There's a dog in here chewing a bone. Cool. (laughs) I'll let you know. (laughs) Um, Thomas, what did you think of Muppets from Space? Okay, so... This one I wasn't too crazy about. I think I'll start off the conversation by saying this movie I did I had a, a rough time liking, and I would say I, I disliked it to the point where it elevated my opinion of the Muppets movie from 2011 because it sort of put things in a little bit more of a perspective. Because we've talked about some very, I think, in my opinion, some high quality Muppet movies and some some weird ones, but all movies that contain a very like a palpable Muppet essence and something that's just like, all right, I, I see what's happening on screen. This feels like the Muppets. And this is the first movie that doesn't really feel like a Muppet movie. This feels like something really different, kind of strange. Um, it feels like a missed opportunity. Like it, I feel like this could have been much wackier and way more fun than it was. And I don't know, like once the needle drops and we get uh, like the funk music to the uh, whatever whatever song is they're listening to while they're getting ready in the Muppet House. Brick House. Like, yeah, listen to Brick House. <laughs> I got kind of a bad feeling. I was like, oh, like this one I like didn't see as a kid and as an adult. I'm a little bit more jaded about like what a Muppet movie can be. And so this I feel like is the example of like a, a very weak one, a very inferior Muppet movie. And I did not like it. Didn't really, I like funk music. I love funk music. Love that shit. Love James Brown. I love, you know, all of that shit. But, like, I just don't think it's, it has really a place. It's It works, but I think the Muppets need to be singing. And I think that yeah. that's what kind of makes them who they are and makes their personality shine through. And here's, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. This is a weird one. This is a weird movie. Because there are jokes I like, but it's just, it just didn't really hit me. Um, what did you think? I feel like this movie started off really strong. Like, aside from the brick house thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> like... You know, Gonzo doesn't know where he's where he comes from, and I, I really appreciate the moment where we get that slow zoom in on. So he's looking at all these different photos of the people he lives with. And, yeah, you know, Kermit is with uh, I always forget his name, Robin. Yeah. Um Miss Piggy's with some other pigs. Fozzie's with his parents or whatever. And then we have a photo in a frame of Gonzo, like far from the camera uh, on an empty beach really driving home the feeling of isolation yeah Uh, and we just get like a slow zoom in on it and he's he's like barely in focus because he's so far away um and i don't know i thought that was like a really sweet scene and it felt like it felt like so these movies can be kind of meta and it felt like it was i don't know it was like are we going to see this character have an existential crisis? We're going to see this character (laughs) have like a very human real world dilemma that sort of, there's almost something meta about that. Like he, like it's, we're removing the character from the magic of the Muppet world and bringing them into the real world and dealing with real world problems, which is this, you know, issue of identity. 
Yeah, um, it's like when, when you're in a group of outsiders, but you're still an outsider. Yeah, and I really like the look of this movie. Uh, I feel like the colors are a lot more rich, and there's something about the cinematography. I feel like they're using like a pretty shallow depth of field in a lot of these shots or something. Yeah, where yeah. Where, I don't know, there's just, there's something about it that I really like. I think a lot of it is just like the pop of the colors, but... um yeah so like coming into it seeing this new like sort of visual style where there's like the softness to everything and feeling like it's gonna be this more like emotional journey i was like really on board (laughs) and then (laughs) and then he gets captured and i feel like the movie kind of it it kind of just becomes like it feels like a dreamworks like family adventure comedy uh and it doesn't really work for me i feel like it loses a lot of its it like he, like its momentum falls off a cliff, <laughs> like yeah. Um, and it's I think it's worth pointing out this is the like, the one mo- movie the one Muppet movie that was like produced by Sony, and I think oh, that okay. sort of kind of shows like I don't know maybe it just was at a point where it was sort of this uh, I don't know their properties are sort of shifting around and it's like in the hands of people that like really want to do something and and do have a, like an idea and a, a really solid concept and they want to sort of embrace this but like don't really quite know what to do with the Muppets because it's just it's a, a big cast of, of you know characters and creatures and there's a lot of things you can do and yeah I don't know there's so many th- so many things you can do with Muppets in space in this concept and yeah, yeah we don't uh, even get <laughs> yeah it's not Muppets in space it would have been yes, nice if it was Muppets yeah. in space but. yeah Muppets from space oh, okay, let's talk about the opening I really appreciate the the biblical little nightmare that oh, Gonzo yeah. has of like the the because I mentioned that I was like oh, it'd be really cool to have Muppet Bible stories or like something like uh, specifically from like the Old Testament like Genesis kind of shit <laughs> where it's like yeah like you're uh, Moses in the ark and yeah it's a, a giant flood coming and I, I appreciate getting that and then he's like he's all alone he doesn't he's just <laughs> he's a whatever and so he's like yeah well you can't come on he gives him a little tiny umbrella I thought that was really fun yeah sorry I'm like just thinking about it um i also have the movie on so i should probably pause this because it's super distracting that's Um, great i'm just gonna close this Um, yeah i i don't know i i I definitely agree it does start off strong and it does make you sort of really get into sort of gonzo's pov of just like yeah like he's kind of looking for that connection and then kermit's like well you know what you are is like you're distinct it's kind of just like that's like, like all that kind of gets reinforced at the end too like after the visitor after the other gonzos or whatever they called like come and visit they say something about like how his ability to survive on this planet alone makes him very distinct or something yeah um and so i think yeah it's all about like taking pride in what you have and who you are and who your family is who your home what your home is all that shit all that typical shit you expect in a family movie (laughs) yeah solid very like solid material yeah but i don't know just like not having the songs kermit also gets sidelined i don't know we spend a lot of time with you know it's gonzo peppy and rizzo and so yeah i'm not too crazy it is weird that (laughs) yeah pepe is like a major character in this (laughs) Um, yeah, it's just really missing sort of what we expect as like trademark Muppet uh, features, which is like, there's no original music. It is all, uh, what do you call it? Funk. Licensed it's music. Funk Licensed and soul. Funk. It's, it's, it's funk <laughs> yeah. and soul. And then there's also, it just doesn't feel like we have that same sort of like Muppet wit. Um, there's nothing that really feels too much like sketch comedy. Like we're getting, uh, when David Arquette is testing the rats, we get some Rizzo antics yeah. But um, I don't know. It doesn't. 
and like the, like the 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 cameos also feel a little weirder in this one maybe it's just because i these are cameos from actors that like are of an era that was my childhood and so now yeah. i'm like ooh did it always feel this like did it feel <laughs> this way for people who grew up in the 70s like seeing I, I bet, yeah. It's This one's weird because, I don't know, with these other movies, it's like, it's hard to kind of compare because, like, the last, in like, we're talking about lineage, the last two are like, okay, Treasure Island and um, Christmas Carol. And so here, it's like, okay, it's like we're sort of back in this, like, modern world kind of thing. And so, like, when Katie Holmes shows up as, like, her Dawson's Creek character, I'm just like, okay, yeah, this is like, strange. this is just, like, really missing the mark. I was going to be pretty harsh about this because... I think the cameos here are really kind of uncreative. Once we get to this cement factory lair, it's just like, yeah, it's like, okay, cool. It's like, um, yeah, it's like Hulk Hogan is like, I I mentioned I I was really down for this because, yeah, Ray Liotta shows up. uh, He has a little cameo, but he's a security guard. And Mm -hmm. Hulk Hogan is a security guard. And Kathy Griffin is a security (laughs) Security guard. (laughs) It's like, it's like, it's just, it just feels just like really lazy. And I don't know. It's like David Arquette is having a, a good time as like the evil scientist. But then we get this like, Andy Dick puppet that's also an evil scientist. Yeah, and so I, I looked like, it up and it's played by Brian Henson because I was okay. like, is this Andy Dick? Like, uh, this that's a trip. But yeah, it is absolutely based on Andy Dick. Um, yeah, that's when I sort of was like, okay, now I'm like getting kind of like frustrated because of like this, like it, I don't know, it just it hasn't aged well. And watching it, I was just like, yeah, like this is doing the Muppet stuff that's like it's like fake edgy or like, oh yeah it's like we're gonna have like i don't know it just it just didn't work, it didn't really work for me yet. although i will say in the lab rat scene i i think the biggest laugh from this movie you got was uh yeah it's like you're never gonna get out of here even if you do get out of that cage it's four feet to the ground 20 feet to the door and another four feet to the doorknob and then uh rizzo's like oh that's 18 feet it's like that's 18 feet and then the rat's like no it's 20 and it's just, I don't know, it's just a nice little math joke but other than that, I was just, yeah, kind of bumped, let down by the cameos in this. I was like, you guys had a lot of potential here. Yeah, it's also, like, weird to see references to things that, like, there's, like, a Spice Girls reference, like, right at the yeah. beginning. And Mice it's, Girls. Yeah, and so it's like, <laughs> was it always this? Like, were there references that I didn't, that were, like, over my head uh, for the older movies? Um I don't think so. It doesn't feel that way because after watching them, it's like we've seen like. Them I think do... this is. I th- I think this is why I'm saying it feels like a DreamWorks movie. Yeah. Uh, but even like something like Shrek is probably maybe that's aged better. I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen it in a long time. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, even Smash Mouth got canceled. So. <laughs> did they get canceled? The, I think. Or the did they just singer, get memed to death? Well, I think it's the lead singer <laughs> guy had like a breakdown and was like doing like some possibly nazi shit on stage or he he, uh, yeah yeah (laughs) i had to smash mouth look that up to like confirm that but yeah he he was in the headlines for not good reasons i have to burn all my smash mouth records now yeah gotta take those vinyls and set them ablaze yeah yeah i also want to mention that in the process of this movie being made it was like at one point it was like it was a writer and it was a screenwriter and a director and the screenwriter sort of had this idea of incorporating parodies of like star wars men in black contact mm-hmm. yeah. alien and then sort of that person got fired <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's like that person got fired and, and like or at least like the, the director a new director was hired and sort of things were changed around or rewritten whatever the case is it seems like those more ambitious things were set to the side and i think that's why 
this movie kind of frustrates frustrates me because it's like, oh, you guys have this whole space thing, and we spend all of our time kind of doing silly gags inside of this facility, and it just it was kind yeah. of I don't know, you you mentioned the visuals, but to me it felt kind of bland just being in these gray spaces, and it just didn't feel. I was just like, okay, this just wasn't really doing it for me. I liked seeing their house. The house was really cool, but yeah, I don't know. There are parts where it feels sort of like family channel like made for tv movie uh where it looks a little dull um but i don't know um i I feel like there was still like a hefty portion of like references and shit like that like uh, i'm pretty sure his gun is like a men in black thing and there's also Yeah. yeah the independence day release me thing i guess i guess maybe what they had in mind before was like more of parody rather than just like references but yeah I think there's a twister reference in there too, or something like that. Like, like the, a flying cow. Or you know, he's like hanging on to the thing, and it's like the twister is coming. He's like, I don't know. I, 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 at least it felt like a reference to something. But yeah, it's a little kind of murky. It's like not very clear. So I'm like, I, I was dialed in, paying attention, but yes, yeah, I felt like it just wasn't really doing it. Yeah, I had a hard time with this one. I was a little drunk, I will say, when I watched it. Um, For sure. That's yeah, like much. today, like right before we recorded this, I was like, wait a minute, Hulk Hogan was in that. And like I had to like rewatch the Hulk Hogan scene. So I was like, what did he even do? And even after rewatching the scene, it's he literally just walks in, talks to the camera, does a little wrestling thing, like his little yeah. like, wrestling like speech, and then leaves. So he's not like, it is a very strange camera. Yeah, it's, he, is in it's a, sort of, he is in another movie. It definitely deflates the scene in a, in a really strange way. But also, I think we should mention uh, Jeffrey Tambor, I think. So we've yeah. talked about the, the sort of the leading men of like Christmas Carol or uh, Treasure Island. But here we have uh, like a solid actor, like, you know, being like this main villain and kind of being somewhat sympathetic and sort of having a similar kind of uh, plight as Gonzo. I, I, I mentioned that in my notes, I was like, I think that's a solid screenwriting thing where like your hero and your villain sort of like are mirrors of each other. They sort of want similar things or they want the same thing with different means of doing it. But like Gonzo feels like an outsider. And, and so, and so does this, uh, Jeffy Tambor's character as like, he's being sort of, uh, not like beaten down, but sort of been like talk spoken down to by his boss. And it's like, kind of been dogged on and so it's like yeah he 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 longs to be like you know he wants to make that alien connection to sort of have that thing and so they sort of want something like a similar thing and i was like okay that's that works for me and bobo with the bear is a nice uh sidekick (laughs) is that his name rentro yeah yeah rentro that's a great sci-fi name i think he's a great uh addition was he in any of the previous muppet stuff i don't think so probably in the background maybe but there's also been um like more TV stuff between well, yeah. like, there might have been like direct to DVD or direct to VHS or maybe <laughs> Muppet, was like a Muppet show guy. I haven't looked up the history of yeah. Rentro, but... but yeah, I like that that pairing. I think it's a nice little little duo that they have. Oh, so yeah, Bobo the Bear is the name of the Muppet, but yeah. in the movie, his character's <laughs> name is Rentro. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so Bobo the Bear, I think I appreciate him as like the bumbling sidekick. It, it, it works. But yeah, this is a weird one because it's like not our main crew of like Kermit, uh, Fozzie, and, yeah. you know, Miss Piggy. It's like you're getting like kind of like background players, which is like, yeah, it's, it's just, like a it's deep just cut. Strange. <laughs> But it's like, hey, like they, they found a way to make him work, you know? Yeah. Or it just turned upside down. It's the, 
I was, playing, I was gonna say it's like this was like the B sides of a Muppet movie, and so yeah, it was appropriate. Your video was flipped upside down. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, want to mention uh, they uh, Pepe and uh, Rizzo. They sort of play a little prank on Gonzo, and they speak to him through jacuzzi, a fan. Yeah. <laughs> they make a jacuzzi, and I did the like movie. the callback. Yeah. Yeah. That, that I think that was my favorite joke of the movie. Is being like, oh yeah, it's. Why, <laughs> why did I make a jacuzzi? It's just a nice, solid way to end it. Yeah. So where do you think this ranks for you? I was going to say, yeah, like, uh, I think it ranks low. I, 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 the easier question for me is, like, wh- out of, we've watched all of these Muppet movies, what do you think is at the top? Yeah. What's your favorite? Um, I think my favorite is Christmas Carol, but also I think my list would be different than yours because this week I also watched Muppets Most Wanted. Yeah. And oh, so damn, after... you did all of them. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, Muppets Most Wanted, I think, is is also pretty high up there for me too because, okay, so you know the, the famous meme of like Kermit and then the evil Kermit opposite of him? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that's from Muppets Most Wanted. And so, I don't know. And, <laughs> and when it shows up, it's, it's really funny and... Tina, Tina Fey is really good, and uh, you can sort of take or leave uh, Ricky Gervais, but I think despite him, like I think the movie is really funny, and it sort of shifted my uh, my list pretty considerably. But yeah, I think I still think Christmas Carol is my number one. Tina Fey seems like really good actress to like incorporate into this stuff. Uh, so, what are your top three? Um, my top three is going to be Christmas Carol is number one. The original Muppets movie is two, and then I would put the Great Muppet Caper at three. Okay, interesting. I think I'm doing. I'm definitely doing Christmas Carol number one. It's a Christmas classic. Yeah. Enjoyed enjoyed watching it. Enjoyed talking about it. Enjoyed taking notes on it. Um, Michael Caine's fantastic in that movie. Yeah. Uh, number two, I think I'm gonna do Muppets Take Manhattan. There's just something about that movie. <laughs> I think maybe I just like. I remember when I was a kid watching like Home Alone, Lost in New York. And just like falling in love with like the idea of New York, yeah. um, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie too. Like, it's like I gotta, I gotta go to New York someday. Yeah, yeah. Like, it looks incredible. Um, so yeah, I think Muppets take take Manhattan. I just, I just love a uh, little characters in a big city movie. And I can um, three is a harder one. Maybe I'll just go the original, just because it's like you got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know just that opening number of rainbow connection and then yeah. and then kermit's journey just to like just accumulating this this amazing family of, of muppets works really well um but yeah would you like to hear my list of all eight <laughs> all eight yeah. yeah sure give them uh, to me so at the bottom i'd put muppets from space at eight seven for me is muppets take manhattan for whatever reason Damn. it didn't not not to <laughs> offend you but just because it didn't quite resonate as much for me and then six is the muppets 2011 five would be muppets most wanted because i think it's a lot more fun than the previous one uh treasure island at four and then three two one uh caper muppets and carol caper muppets and carol yeah yeah i don't know but yeah, this movie definitely made me a Gonzo fan, for sure. Yeah, I definitely want to check out the next two, also. Um, 
I'll do that on my own time. <laughs> I, yeah, it's not like I it, like I said the 2011 one is definitely a mixed bag, and, and I think they have a lot more fun with Muppets Most Wanted. But it's sort of I think it goes back to sort of what you want in a Muppet movie, and like mentioning the New York thing, I think that's totally valid. When I was graduating high school and I was in love with SNL, that was like I was like I'm fucking yeah. going. Like I'm <laughs> like I gotta get to uh, get to that uh, that building. That it's, it's like my mecca. And so I was really happy to finally actually get there on our uh, DC New York trip. But yeah, I totally, I totally understand that. And yeah, I think Christmas Carol just might be that one for me. Yeah, childhood connection. Um, I really want to watch also the Muppets Haunted Mansion movie. Yeah, that came out. I think I'm going to try and hit that up during October. Yeah. So I was looking at that. Uh, before we recorded and so I think it's uh, it's technically it's listed as like a special it's like a television special so I think that might be Mm -hmm. more like Muppet more Muppet like an hour long which which is really cool I think that'd be a lot more fun than than trying to like do an actual movie but I don't know it's just like the idea of just them doing Halloween skits is really appealing yeah it's only yeah it's only 52 minutes that's not like a full length movie necessarily um yeah, but I'm telling you, that's what they gotta do. Yeah. Like, just start making, covering all of the Disney hits, but make them up. It's yeah. like you started with Haunted Mansion. Re- you've remade. <laughs> you've eliminated the Eddie Murphy movie from canon. <laughs> now we have the Muppets Haunted Mansion. Uh, what's it's next? New, the new Muppet verse, the new canon. Yeah, we have like eight Pinocchio movies coming out. Muppet Star Wars. Might as well make a Muppet one. Muppet, sure, why not? Muppet Star Wars, but just of the sequel trilogy, and have them, have them, do it, do it properly. Yeah, <laughs> with one singular vision over three, three Muppet <laughs> movies. Yeah, they could probably outdo that trilogy. Um, Miss Piggy as Ray, obviously. Um, Kermit as Kylo Ren. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, we got that. Eve, the bad Kermit, evil Kermit. Yeah. It's, yeah, that that movie is really fun because, like I said, it's like it's you have this Kermit at the center of it, but then it's like you're kind of country hopping into going from like European country to European country, and it's just a really good time. I recommend it. But yeah, but also after watching this one, it's like oh yeah, like I totally recognize the soul and the heart that sort of went into the one from 2011, even though it didn't quite get me when I first watched it. I was like, yeah, I can understand why people would consider this one their favorite because it just encapsulates all of those really fun things about the Muppets. Probably watch it after this recording, honestly. Yeah, maybe. Might enjoy it. Uh, um, what have you been watching lately? Uh, so this week, I finished the Final Fantasy remake. Oh, damn. Yeah, and I think after finishing it, my opinion of it sort of went up a lot. Um, I was being a little harsh on it, um, talking about the cutscenes, but after finishing it, I was like, okay, I'm sort of realizing like the grand scheme of what they're trying to do and i can appreciate just the batshit insanity of it it is very convoluted and getting into that kind of kingdom heart sort of territory but it's still like i don't know the once once i finished it i was like i really want to play the second part like i just want to continue yeah. the story like it's like you can't just have, have me assemble assemble the avengers and just like just end the comic and so i, I really want yeah. to keep playing that um this week, also, I've uh, watched the first season of The Bear. 
the bear. Oh yeah, I've been seeing ads for that. I thought it looked interesting. Yeah, it's, they've been like dropping ads everywhere, and I think it's definitely worthwhile. It's like a cooking show set in Chicago. Um, after finishing it, someone on Twitter pointed out that um, I wish I had their handle because I think it was a pretty astute observation. They were saying they sorry they were saying that this the show sort of draws heavily from like the work of the Safdie brothers as far as like the, the mm. camera work and just like the, the kinetic energy of like the scenes and just how stressful it is everyone's yelling corner and behind and like people are dropping shit and getting cut in the kitchen so it's just like it's very accurate in that way and it just has like that like chaotic energy in it. and i don't know the cast is great it's just really funny i think there's only one episode which i would say is like sort of weak or like unrealistic unre- but this over besides that one sort of little strange episode it's pretty solid first season so is it one of those shows where they released every episode at once or what? Um, I believe so. Um, so at least okay. when I was on Hulu, it just, like sort of the ads on TV. It just dumped it. Yeah, the ads on TV said the first season was available. So I was like, okay, it looks like it was it just, just dropped. Uh, I think eight episodes in total. Yeah, maybe I'll check it out. Maybe. Uh, 20 minute episodes. Hard at watching TV. Tw- okay, 20 minute episodes. Uh, Making it sound nice. <laughs> um, what else? What else? Uh <laughs> Yeah, I know. The cast is really good. I think the cast is what, what makes it a lot of fun. And yeah. And also, it does really good. It does a good job of um, sort of casting more seasoned actors in like more bit parts to sort of show and then sort of like really help sort of color in the background a lot more. Um, yeah, I, I, I highly recommend it. And yeah, it's it's short and sweet. I think it's, it's easy to binge in like a couple yeah, of Yeah, it's only four hours. Couple of days, it's yeah. like. Yeah, that's not it's bad. one of those things where it's like after watching a couple of episodes, you might want to take a break because it's just like, oh, that was fucking that's that's kind of stressful. At least, okay. well, like, I don't know. Did you ever like work in like a restaurant or like? Never. I don't think I could do it. That's crazy. Yeah, because like for me, it's like I like assume that's like everyone's like first job. It's like oh yeah, somewhere food related, somewhere kind of shitty. My first job was at Round Table Pizza in Martinez and. It wasn't as nearly as intense. I don't think I've worked at a place hmm. quite as intense as the one that they're describing because he's trying to emulate, like, French kind of cooking practices. And I worked in, like, cafes that cooked. Did We did, like, brunch shit. So we, like, served alcohol and made food. But, like, still had that, like, energy of if if one small thing goes wrong, <laughs> then it can sort of yeah, rip, the, ripple effect, <laughs> the, sorry, the ripple effect can sort of be felt days after sometimes. Where it's like, oh, I didn't do inventory on a Wednesday night because I was hungover, and now Sunday morning I'm getting screamed at. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. It's like, so, I don't know. But I think the show is really good. I think I think you'd enjoy it, even if you don't have that sort of Vietnam kind of background of like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I worked in the kitchen or I worked for you know worked in these places where you're just serving people all day and just living your life according to a ticket machine and just the hunger of the masses yeah i'll 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 peep it uh what have you been watching this week i watched top gun maverick i went and saw it in theaters okay um i think all of the action completely works in that movie like it you're you have a shot just right in front of Tom Cruise's face while he's in the cockpit of a jet <laughs> and he is soaring off of a what are they called like carriers i guess uh yeah yeah those like air- aircraft yeah, carriers aircraft carriers um yeah and it's all one shot you know it's him flying that jet and i don't know like the way it's it's incredible like the way they're able to like cut this footage of these jets together and make it feel like it is this very 
tense. There's very tense, exciting, you know, dog fights and stuff like that. And um, I don't know. It just does such a good job of building tension. Yeah. Um, I think all of the story stuff is kind of like, meh. Like, it's incredibly predictable movie. You know, like, once we get to, like, the final action scenes, like, you know what all the beats are going to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... I don't know. It's 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 entertainment. Like yeah, go like I'm really disappointed I didn't get to see it in a Dolby theater because I bet it would have been fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got to see it in Dolby. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was stuck in Mexico and then it it ended its Dolby run while I was stuck. Uh, unfortunately. I think it's one of those movies that might keep coming back just because it's such a crowd pleaser. Um, yeah, I saw it pop into IMAX again. So it's like, do I want to go see it in IMAX? I already saw it, but <laughs> I got A-list, so, you know, I could. This is something I want to mention. I just watched the Miles Teller was on Jesus and Miro, and he said that inside of those cockpits, there was uh, six cameras. So they had, like, two on the shoulders of the pilot actually flying the jet, and then, like, another four kind of just, like, all over, just pointing at Tom Cruise or Miles Teller. Yeah, and just, just making sure they get, like, total coverage. Yeah, and when they're doing that, that training regimen, when he's just like, all right, like, one second off, you're dead. It was like, well, what's, like, what was what was the problem? And then he starts doing like pilot jargon. He's like, no, what, what, what's something you can tell the family? Like what's something you can explain? I, I don't know. Yeah. Tom Cruise is just like so sharp in that scene. And then just cutting back to them, just like <laughs> necks are just like snapping back and forth. It's just, I don't know. They did a lot of, a lot of stuff. Right. I think the ending is a little, little call of duty. when They do like the full on uh, base escape, but I don't know. Yeah. I was, that was a little surprising to me once, like trying not to spoil anything, but like, yeah. uh, like sorry <laughs> there's an on foot portion <laughs> like that did surprise me that there was an on foot portion i kind of wish there was more i kind of wish they went even further with that and okay. like took it like to an even more like action heights because it's it's kind of just people running from one place to another but um but yeah i thought that was kind of cool a way to mix it up um because it's like oh yeah they can do that yeah <laughs> like it doesn't all have to be jets yeah, like yeah. there are other types of action they could incorporate into this yeah sorry i've been bad um, with spoilers recently uh but didn't mean to spoil no, no, the no, ending no. of top gun maverick for anyone who hasn't seen it but yeah i i think that is the only part that's been like pretty polarizing between people i've talked to about it because even huh. i saw it with my dad and even when we were on the drive home he's like the ending got a little kind of crazy and i was like yeah like it, like i wasn't quite expecting this sort of like get, get like land helicopter blows up they'd get to an, another base and get this old plane yeah. off the ground and a miraculous lift off or like yeah this <laughs> it is like you know you know that things that the plan that things aren't going to go according to yeah, plan. yeah you know that things have to go wrong so that we can up the stakes so that yeah we're spoiling everything <laughs> so that we can up the stakes and that um the guy who, who you thought wasn't there for his team would come and save the day yeah, at the yeah. end you know he, he's got to do the han solo thing yeah um and so that's all like all of the beats are pretty predictable but it is yeah it is i didn't predict that they would have to then go and like find a new a new aircraft yeah um, what do you think of val kilmer's uh, uh his cameo yeah, yeah. or i guess role yeah it wasn't really his, what do you think of his performance his, you know his presence um, in the movie I, I think it was interesting like it was an interesting to incorporate that like he has this illness and then you know that illness we're in spoilers so yeah. <laughs> he, he dies but um i think it's pretty good that they're giving this a sense of finality to like this story um to to at least like tom cruise's top gun maybe we'll get a miles teller top gun down the line um 
I think Miles Teller was really good casting. I think he looks a lot like Goose. Yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> fucking identical. I was like, he, he's got the facial structure. Although the age is a little bit off because in the original, like, that child's already, like, like four. Like, a kid's, like, it's, it's not yeah. like a baby. A kid's, like, four or five. He's, like, pretty big on the piano. But this is, like, 30 years later or something, like, 20, 30 years later. And he's kind of, like, young, like, in that late 20s kind of age. But I don't know. Besides that, I think... I think it's really fun. I think it's a solid movie. Um, I think it's kind of weird seeing like this incredibly gorgeous Jennifer Connelly just working at like some <laughs> shitty bar. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> Her fancy car and uh, mini yacht. Um, I think there's a lot of cheese in here. Like that first scene where at the bar where we see like all of the young uh, Top Gun pilots like playing pool and kind of talking shit on each other. It feels like they were all given the exact same direction, which is like, you're the coolest person in here. <laughs> you're like the most confident person in here. And so it's all, you're just seeing people all play the exact same role at each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's kind of silly. <laughs> they all start singing Great Balls of Fire and the whole bar starts singing great balls of fire and it's like i don't know like maybe it's just me i don't think anyone our age knows the words to great balls of fire no, you, you can't um, drink at that bar <laughs> there's that the then, bar has very specific rules <laughs> and then we're cross-cutting between everyone having the times of their lives singing this song and tom cruise having flashbacks to the death of goose yeah. and it's like a really uncomfortable thing where it's like he's so sad and it's so traumatic and then we just see like a bunch she's of like, oh, like yeah. drunk models uh singing this song that they should just ringing the bell over and over again another <laughs> yeah having the time of their lives uh poor tom cruise and i think he's having a really good time when she's teaching him how to how to pilot the the speedboat and like, he had a nice little rose jack moment or he he got to be held and feel safe in the yeah. arms of, of a very powerful actress yeah yeah but yeah it was it was good i've seen some people complaining that it's like i don't know they were trying to get into the politics of it where it's like they're attacking iran or something yeah and uh this would be considered a war crime or some shit like that and like what iran is doing is perfectly within the law and all this stuff and it's like I didn't even know who they were attacking. Like yeah. the 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 country that this operation takes place in is such like a, a footnote. Like yeah, they do. I think that actually benefits from the fact that this was announced like pre-COVID or whatever, and they've had a lot of time to sort of edit and fine tune this movie. And I think because of whatever the political atmosphere might be in the real world happening now, like might have influenced that. Maybe, maybe not. But yeah, they sort of make make it just faceless enough where it's like yeah like they're yeah. they're somewhere in like in the snowy mountains it's like they're just trying to drop a bomb into a thing it's like it's not really about yeah, it. it's like i don't know where this took place yeah yeah and i think <laughs> like i think I think, I think someone i think someone who criticized it said it had something to do with iran yeah. <laughs> and i was like i may maybe i don't know yeah so it could be uh, russia it could be china it could be any, yeah. it could be fucking anywhere because that's not what this is about <laughs> like it's about like this guy trying to teach yeah um yeah it was kind of I, I did have some i was kind of wondering like okay like what is the major lesson he's learning here like that he's still got it like yeah, basically because <laughs> uh, like at one point uh Iceman says you know you gotta like you gotta let go and he's like i don't know how and it's like this emotional moment and so i i, I felt like okay this is what he's gonna have to learn is he's gonna have to learn how to let go 
But I don't think that happens in this mission. Yeah, he still <laughs> leaves the mission. Is still like he gets saved. They get sort of saved by the other guy. I forget his name. And he's yeah, he saves Miles Teller because he. It, yeah, I don't know. It feels like he he learned I don't have to let go because I'm hot shit. Yeah, I'm Top Gun. <laughs> still, still number one. I'm Mister Top Gun. Yeah. Yeah. As far as legacy sequels go, I, it's I think it's very strong. But yeah, it's it is like once you sort of like start digging into it, there are just like some small little like uh, fringes and little fibers kind of hanging out a little bit. But I don't know. So overall, it's just like yeah, it's it's just such a it's just a good time. It's theater entertainment. Um... I'm not a fan of the first Top Gun. I remember watching that. And I was just like, "Why is this happening? Yeah. <laughs> like, like what? Why? Why is this movie?" Um, I know people love that movie. I know people love the volleyball scene. If it was just more volleyball scene, maybe <laughs> I would have come around to it. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, I watched Top Gun Maverick. Nice. I also watched. I finished The Good Place. Okay. Um, I think the first two seasons of that show are are pretty funny. Um. The next two seasons, it feels like it's less funny, but I kept watching it because I was actually interested in like, okay, where are they going with this? Like, it's actually like developing itself as more of like an adventure, um, which is kind of weird because it doesn't feel like there's many shows like that where it's like, it's a sitcom, but it's got a very strong through line. And if you miss an episode, you're going to be like, what the fuck is going on? Because every episode, something weird is happening. Um, Yeah, that's cool. And I really, I think it's one of those shows where, like, I think the last episode they mentioned The Leftovers at one point. <laughs> someone someone makes a reference to The Leftovers. And it kind of reminded me of The Leftovers, where it's like this show that uh, nails its landing, I feel. Um, and it's a show that, like, tries to talk about, like, like the show's been about death the whole time, because it's about the afterlife. Yeah. But it's talks about death in a very different way in its final episode uh and it's a really good closer (laughs) and i don't know i i was really happy with the final episode it made me pretty emotional Um, i've heard that i've heard it's it's really highly regarded amongst its fans yeah and i understand like i remember you saying like you had a hard time getting into it because it's got like a weird look to it right (laughs) it like feels like the sims or something well that's one of the reasons yeah i feel like the music is even kind of weird too um it's got a very it's just got a strange vibe and like i can understand uh you know coming into conflict with that i guess or uh but but yeah I, i don't know i i really liked it i think Kristen bell is it Kristen bell or kirsten bell i always forget um, sure. I think she's like, honestly, not like there's there's like there's moments where we're having like flashbacks to previous episodes, like highlighting like special moments between characters, and she always feels fine in the moment. But then cutting across like all of these different moments, I was like, I don't know if she's that good of an actress. <laughs> um, there's a guy who plays this character, uh, Jason who Jason's whole thing is that he's a fucking idiot. And I think his performance is incredible because it feels like he's making some very interesting choices with how to portray an idiot. So um, one thing it's Kristen K R I, but uh, is Jason, is it the one where they think he can't speak and then he begins to speak? Yeah. <laughs> he is originally John, you a monk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we find out, Oh, he doesn't belong in the good place either. He's just like um, a regular bro. <laughs> Yeah, it turns out he's from Jacksonville, Florida, and he was a dancer 
Uh, and he's just a huge fucking idiot. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's really nice. I, I, I think he does a great, <laughs> he gives a fucking great performance. Um, but yeah, solid show. I love a good place. You said only four seasons? It's four seasons. Every episode, it, uh, most episodes are 22 minutes, I think. I think maybe like season finales are a little longer, that sort of thing. How many episodes um, were in this season? I think every season's about like 12, 13 episodes. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I, I, I was looking for like a light sort of background watching TV show. Yeah. Uh, and then I settled on Good Place and it became one of those things where when I needed to chill out, I just threw it on. Cool. Um, so last thing I want to mention is I resubscribed to Xbox Game Pass. Um which is an incredible deal. <laughs> like I somehow I managed to get three months for a dollar again. Nice. Um, but on Game Pass, I found there's this game called Unpacking, and I re I saw the trailer for it, and it looks like I thought it was going to be sort of a Tetris type thing where uh, you're unpacking boxes to move into a room or a space or an apartment or whatever. Um, and it turns out this is actually a really smart uh vehicle for narrative because the first first level it's it's a ch child's room and you got some boxes and you're just unpacking like toys and drawings art supplies whatever and then the next level it's like years later uh that same child is now going to college okay. and so you're unpacking their dorm room um and so you're seeing like oh they still have their stuffed animals um this drawing that they did when they were a kid like i'm unpacking a drawing that's kind of similar but the art style is a lot better gotcha um, cool. so they've learned how to draw i'm learning things about like which of their hobbies have endured which hobbies have faded away mm -hmm. um i'm learning about like their relationships um yeah it's it's really interesting mechanic being able to uncover like the mystery of who this person is and how they're developing just by unpacking their boxes every few years. That's cool. Uh, I like that. It's really cool. And it's only about like, it's like a four or five hour game. It's pretty short. There's only like five levels or something like that. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend it just because it was, it was really interesting coming to the realizations about like who this person is. And I, I've spoiled the realization of like, this is a story. There, there's a. St I'm not just unpacking boxes. Like there's a story being told. Here. That's cool. That, but yeah, um, it was really awesome. Concept. But yeah, it's it was yeah, it was really neat. So unpacking. Awesome. And that's all from me. Cool. Well, we don't really know what we're gonna be watching next, but always tune we in. <clears throat> we'll figure that out. We've finally completed the Muppets, uh, the ones that we choose to watch. <laughs> Yeah, I liked it so much, I kept going, and I will con consider to continue to watch more Muppet con content as this year goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Got bit by that. that the Muppet bug. bit by Animal. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, all right. We need to burp. Hold for burp. Do this. All right. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us, vaguezonepod at gmail.com. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or let us know what you've been watching, hit us up. You can tweet at us at Twitter, at Vague Zone. On the Twitter, let us know what you're watching, 
we're all we're always active on there down to have a conversation about movies and television and all the fun stuff yeah this has been episode 91 of big zone i'm thomas and i'm daniel we'll see you next time Thank <laughs> you.